This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, how's it going? Um, I've been stuck in my house for going on three weeks now. It's never going to end. I might die here. I'm not doing very well. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, that is absolutely disappointing because I am having the time of my life. I have watched so much like TV and Netflix. So here's the thing. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm not working. This is great. I can just lay around all day. I'm still working. I am too. Nine to 10 hours a day. And then I'm also trying to homeschool. It is chaos. I'm working harder than I probably ever have in my life. So everyone that's like watching Netflix can go fuck off. See, I don't have children, but I am teaching all day long. And there are, I'm only supposed to be logging three hours of like virtual hours. But um, there are people who don't know how to respect my time. And so maybe you should just log out after three hours and just play that reclaiming my time on a loop well so here's my problem and i am really asking you because maybe i'm wrong i was always raised to believe that texting is not professional and that like if your business does not provide special pay toward your cell phone bill that they should not text you and i feel very strongly about this um, because we have a company email and I feel like that company email is By very company, important. company, do you mean the state of Louisiana? <laughs> well, I mean, our, our school district has its own Your email. School district. Right. I'm just, I'm just giving a shit yeah. just cause I can. But my coordinator thinks that at any given time I want to be trapped in a, and I have an Android, so I can't leave group messages that, cause you know, my petty ass would click leave group. Every single time. Um, But I'm stuck in this group text with 34 people. And they want to respond. It's the reply all that never fucking ends. It's horrible. No, okay, so... I agree with you somewhat. Just because... Well, the nature of my business in involves like contracts and signed documents and stuff. So you can't text that shit to me. Right. Um, but like within my company, like I text my coworker, especially right now, like I text my coworkers or I use, you know, we have our phone apps that ring like to our phones. And so I talk to people on the phone, just on my cell phone. And my, my boss doesn't pay for my cell phone bill, but you know, right now I don't mind it so much. Because it reminds me that there's people out there. And also, like, you know me, I need constant reassurance that I'm doing good at my job. So that's fair. It's helpful. And-, <laughs> and I would not be as pissed if they called me. Like, if I got a phone call, it would not yeah. bother me as much as this 34 member group text. And I think it's really the group text that really grates on me. Like, we're doing the Zoom calls in the morning, which isn't bad. And then, you know, we have, like, kind of a group text that go- And sometimes it'll light up for a while, and then it dies down. So it's never, like, a constant thing. Right. So that doesn't bother me. And then I have, you know, little subgroups of coworkers that I send, like, memes to and stuff. Right. Well, and that's the other <laughs> thing is, like, I get to decide who texts me. And I will mm-hmm. send memes to my, like, the ladies who teach English on my hallway. We have a group text. 
and they get memes nonstop perpetually. And I've just told them like, look, when I bitch about people texting me, that doesn't involve y'all because I'm blowing up your phones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What I've been really kind of disappointed in is because most of my friends that are teachers are like really, you, you included are like really trying, like this is a brand new thing for everybody. Right. Like, mm-hmm we're all learning as we go, but I have some like, and these are older people that I know from like, um, little league and like soccer from when my son was like little, right. Um, that are teachers and they are just nonstop complaining about their kids bothering them. And like, and I'm like, you are a teacher. Your kids get to bother you because guess what? If you're expecting me to teach my kid calculus, you've got another thing coming. Right. By now I'm teaching mine how to carry the one and y'all can deal with that next year. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I don't understand the teachers who are complaining, but also like, I think part of that is the expectation of parents to help because yes, while in a dream world, every parent is helping their kid, you know, more than it's half not- of, more than half the kids I teach, their parents are essential personnel for whatever reason. They work in the medical profession Mm -hmm. or they work at grocery stores or they work at, you know, one of the things hasn't shut down. Mm -hmm. So I design all my lessons with the understanding that these kids don't have parents. So like I'm available 100% of the time to them and they know that, especially during all this. And listen, I keep seeing a meme floating around and it's the truth. Next year, you teachers get to ask for whatever you want in your classroom. <laughs> you want a big screen TV? I'll make it happen. <laughs> because, like, I have been trying to get my child removed from my class for going on three weeks. Now. It has not worked. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I that was a much needed laugh. You know what else was a much needed laugh? most most of the tiger king god damn oh before we get started welcome to lifetime sentence i'm joe exotic (laughs) (laughs) and we're just gonna be cackling into our mics for the next hour and a half or so so Uh, buckle on in as i texted you Joe Exotic, like the Tiger King, is how I realized for certain without out that true love is a thing and that I have found it because Sarah watched the whole thing with me. That is love. Because she's not a true crime person, but the way I yeah. presented it to her, I was like, listen, anthropologically, you're going to find this so interesting. And halfway through, she was like, if by interesting you mean bizarre as fuck, then yes, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the thing. By the end, like, uh, the true crime aspect is gone. I'm like, these people are bananas. And I would watch them on my screen all day long. If right? I could. All day long. Oh, man. So, we discussed. So, speaking of, oh. what we're doing this week is the Lifetime movie that should have been. <laughs> yes. And one of us called it. And you think it was me. And I thought it was you. But one of us just, like, called this should have been a Lifetime movie a long time ago. This should have been a Lifetime movie a long time ago. It was one of us. We'll both take credit for it at the end. We're one person <laughs> at this point. It's, this story is wild. And just when you think you've heard it all, then they're like, oh, by the way, Bob. Like, I was like, what the 
<laughs> there were so many times that I just had to pause it and process the words that were said. They, like they got to episode when was it five or six, and they're like, "Vinny ran for president," and I was like, "Sure, at this, that's all that's left at this point." <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. Why wouldn't you run for president? And then I had a really long existential thought about whether he would be handling Corona better than Orange Fulius. I I don't think so. This is the one area where I think, listen, there was an official document asking American citizens to stop giving rim jobs. And <laughs> the that's going to be in a history book someday. The fact that that came out underneath Trump's presidency made almost made things worth it. But <laughs> Oh, but also he sent 72 broken ventilators to California. So, I mean, there's that. Because but please stop giving rim jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I told Sarah that and she was like, I don't know that there's any scientific backing to that statement. And I was like, let's just not dwell on it, baby. <laughs> Look, it's part of their whole, like, trying to pray away the gay thing. That's exactly it. It's just like shutting down Planned Parenthood because it's not essential. And what was the other thing? There was another thing that was really horrible. I don't remember. It's all horrible, so. But Taco Bell is essential, so. Essential. We've got our priorities. So is liquor. And so are the gun stores in Texas, at least. Yeah, I know. Yay! All right. Well, before we get too angry, you and I had discussed picking our dream cast if this were a Lifetime movie. Yes. And and I have, let's see, I don't have the whole cast because I didn't get to all of it. One, two, three, four, five. I have eight people. Okay. And we actually discussed this, so we picked the same eight people. Oh, I added a couple. Well, I have eight people. Okay. We got both the husbands. We added them, right? No, I only added one of the husbands, and then I added the guy with the hair that rides the jet ski. Oh, I almost added him when I went for the other husband instead, because I can't resist this casting. Is that a good enough teaser? Yes. The guy with the hair that rides the jet ski. If you have seen this, you know exactly who the fuck she's talking about. (laughs) Okay. You or me first? You go first. Okay. So for Joe Exotic, I cast the only person I think with the range to play this man, David Spade. (laughs) So I went a little bit different route. Okay. Because in my imagining, this is a Lifetime movie. I went with a Lifetime staple. And because he's so good at kind of shape-shifting... Especially in the Drew Peterson movie. Roblo. I cast Roblo. You know, I considered him. I considered him. See, I went with also from the South, so he can say dumb shit like, um, I got a gun and and I have this tiger and fuck you. Like and it'll 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 pass, right. So I went a little more A list, um, but I am very much uh, in love with this cast. So Carol Baskin. (laughs) Uh-huh. I picked Patricia Arquette of medium fame. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? 
I stuck kind of on the Lifetime and TV movie kind of train there. I picked Shelley Long. Oh, not a bad idea. She plays crazy, like, really well. Uh Uh-huh. And she would look good in a flower crown. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for Doc Antle, you have to do some prosthetic work, like a Mrs. Doubtfire type mask for this. But mm-hmm. Adam Divine. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Antle, you would not have to do a lot of prosthetic work. Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah. Um. I, in fact, considered him for John Rinky, but that's not who I went with. I'm excited about my John Rinky. So the next one that I have is Jeff Lowe. Okay. And Jeff Lowe is where I really went off the rails a little bit. And I chose Rick Harrison from uh, Pawn Stars. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of went off the rails, too, but I saw him in a picture on the Google. I'm going to pull it up so I can show you what I'm talking about here. Because he doesn't he's not like a big movie actor he's a comedian but I think he really fits this role. I'm just filling time while I find this picture. Here we go. I chose Cletus T. Judd. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like him, and he dresses in those terrible shirts. (laughs) Just really bad. All right. My next one is um, John Rinke. Mm -hmm. I chose Brian Cranston. That's a good one. I chose Billy Bob Thornton. Ooh. Yes. I love me some Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. Um, for Rick Kirkham, I went with Ed Harris. Owen Wilson. I can see it. Uh-huh. Um, so for now, which husband did you do? Travis? Travis. Okay, then that's the next one we'll go to, and then we'll do our one where we did very. So um for mm-hmm. Travis Maldonado, I picked KJ Appa. I picked Cole Sprouse. <laughs> we picked from the same show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're saying, which one is he? I couldn't figure out. I couldn't remember which 20 was. When you said, I don't remember which one, I thought you'd probably gone with a Sprouse, which was really funny because I went with KJ Appa, who's yeah. <laughs> in Riverdale with him. That's so funny. Um, and then I rounded it out with John Finley because mm-hmm. the more I looked at John Finley... The only thing I could think is I wanted Jason Statham to play him in the worst kind of way. <laughs> Just shirt off, giving bad Bubba teeth, like. <laughs> oh, Jason Statham. So I did the guy with the hair on the jet ski. <laughs> I don't know his name. I don't remember. Oh, here. I've got it pulled up. Um. James Garretson. Haley Joe Osment. <laughs> <laughs> but where's the lie? I know. It's okay. perfect. Well, so 
I found this bro Bible article that I would like to share there, casting because there, uh, Carol Baskin was actually my runner up. And so me and bro okay. Bible are together on this. Okay. He, Hugo Weaving as Joe Exotic. Mm-hmm. Um, Julianne Moore as Carol Baskin. Ooh. Right? That's and she really good. can become anybody. Yes. Um, and I do have a runner-up for Joe Exotic, too. Ray Romano as Howard Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> that totally works. Ron Perlman as Doc Antle. I don't actually know who Ron Perlman is. Um, and you know then who Ron Perlman is? I probably would know if he's been in, like, if I've... I probably know something he's been in, but I wouldn't just recognize him as that's... Ron Perlman. Hold on, I'm making sure this is the same guy. He was Hellboy! I didn't see that. He was on Sons of Anarchy? Um, hold on, it shows that he was in Beauty and the Beast. Was he the Beast he in was... that TV show? He was Vincent. I don't know who that is. I only watch the movie. I don't watch the TV shows. See, so the TV show, this TV show was not the animated one. This was the guy in the full face makeup that was based on the um, book, not on the Disney. And let's see. Yes, he was. I did watch that when I was little. Okay. So there we go. My runner up for Joe Exotic was Danny McBride. Okay. Let me... From uh, Eastbound and Down and the Righteous Gemstones? Yeah. Uh-huh. So this Bro Bible article also cast Doc Antle's wives as the Pussycat Dolls. And <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Uh, David Morse was there, Jeff Lowe. Kyle Gass was there, James Garretson. Kyle Gass is in Tenacious D with Jack Black. He's the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Peter Weller. As Rick Kirkham. Flea as John Finley. Not familiar with who Flea is. Let's see. He was in Back to the Future, Point Break. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. Um, Michael Rooker as Alan Glover. Okay. He was in The Walking Dead. Yes. So that was their casting, which I found very interesting. Uh, Ed Harris was their runner-up for Rick Kirkham, which is who I picked. So <laughs> we swapped a couple there. But yes, this was really fun. I, I forgot how much I enjoyed making my dream casting because we did that I when know. we first started out. We did. And it was fun. It was fun. This one was especially fun because I didn't have, like, I have a hard time with the dream castings because I am. Um... I'm looking at a casting because I'm looking at the movie, so I know who was cast. So um, it's more fun when I when it's just off real life. <laughs> so, oh man, um, I don't even know where to begin talking. Like, I think maybe let's just kind of go episode by episode, and okay. And I guess let's start off by for anyone who has not seen the Tiger King. You must be one of those essential personnel who has to go into work every day because it's mm-hmm. the most watched show right now. 
I am not entirely unconvinced that Netflix didn't start COVID-19 so that everyone would go home and watch this. <laughs> right? Um, so, Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness is a Netflix... Uh, I didn't even know I had a postscript in the title. Uh-huh. Um, is like, a King. Got it. <laughs> true crime docu series uh, released on Netflix on March twentieth, twenty twenty. So, um, and by true crime docu series, he means there are many true crimes committed. <laughs> and can I say true crime docu circus? Yeah, I yeah. Feel like totally. this is much more appropriate. Um, totally. So the summary on Wikipedia is that the series focuses on the little known but deeply interconnected society of big cats, con- conservationists, and collectors in America, exploring the private zoos and sanctuaries they've set up for these unusual and deadly pets. Some eccentric characters include a former cocaine drug lord running a secret conservation facility and Doc Antle, an animal trainer who founded a 50-acre animal preserve in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and trains animals for Hollywood films. But it really focuses on this um, giant um, ongoing feud between self-proclaimed Joe Exotic who is described several times throughout the series as uh what is it, a gun toting gay married to two men <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's a whole lot of words that don't feel like they should all go together libertarian libertarian but he didn't actually know what that was until <laughs> no he did not Mm-mm. no um and carol baskin who was the owner or is the owner of big cat rescue which Claims to be concerned with the, um... Okay, but that's wrong. Huh. Carol Baskin is not concerned about the health. Thank you. She's doing the exact same thing that these other people are doing. She's just like, well, I'm better because... She's wearing a flower crown. I don't... Yes, exactly. She is doing the exact same thing. And I don't understand... How this even got this far because they should have been like well shut them all down and be done with it so that was something sarah and i talked about is that like i can almost see her thing because she does not breed until it got to oh she used to be a breeder and then i'm like fuck i don't even mm-hmm. know like to stand on anymore um but i don't think private zoos should be a thing no and what's interesting and i don't know if it's just by name or by being taken over by the state. But the Joe Exotic Zoo is now called the Oklahoma Zoo. Really? Yes. Huh. And I was like, wait, what? I read that in an article and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. It's not part of, like, I don't know. Interesting. I want to have to read more about that. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to start at the very beginning. Because it's a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and we're going to talk about, so we are introduced pretty immediately to this underground black market world of big cat trading. 
Listen, I am the biggest touter of nothing interesting happens in Oklahoma. Who freaking knew that these nutbags were up there doing this? Right? Um, so, the first person we learn about is this Joe Exotic. And mm-hmm. Joe is, um, he kind of flew into internet stardom um, with his Joe Exotic TV that aired every night on YouTube. Um, yeah. And those back... But the, you told me not to watch, so I did not. <laughs> good. The backlog of videos is still up on YouTube. And just that one that I sent you was not okay to watch because um, <clears throat> I will warn anyone who's going to go out looking for them if you haven't already. Um, in the very last, like the most recent video he posted... He does um, shoot and kill a cow right there on screen. And I was not prepared for it. What, but why? Um, To say that... So apparently when Trump was running for presidency, he said he could shoot something on screen and he wouldn't drop in the rankings at all or whatever like he wouldn't lose any of the voters and so joe exotic said he was going to put his money where trump's mouth was and do it just to see what would happen um but then he was like this cow needed to die anyway and when that happens we're the people who are called in to do it because no one in america wants to get their hands dirty but i just like i was not prepared for it that it's so problematic. Yes. On so many levels. I mean, A, if you think it's going to be bad for your ratings to shoot something on screen and kill it or someone or whatever, then don't do it yourself. He should have called out old Orange Fooly as he probably would have done it. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Um... I don't know. Don't listen to me. I don't know politics. The, the other wonderful, I mean, the wonderful thing about these videos, though, is that he fancies himself the American Idol. The show should not exist because we've already found America's greatest singer. And he has a music video with, it seems like, every episode he's recorded. And they are all some of the best stuff I have ever seen. For the sheer fact that they're the worst stuff I have ever seen. Well, and I read an article today titled, quote, The band behind Joe Exotic's song speaks about how he faked his music career. Oh no, I'm shocked. He was not singing his own songs. It was a... um, Vince Johnson did the music and vocalist Danny Clinton, and they make up the Clinton-Johnson band. Um, or they did, um, one of them passed away last October. So they sang and did all the music. And actually, basically, um, Joe was like so drunk and high, like anytime they would have him doing stuff that he couldn't even like carry a tune in a bucket. That doesn't surprise me even a little bit. Nope. Yeah. It was, but it was interesting. It was an interesting read. Yeah. I had no idea. It makes more sense now. Because all I could think was that his singing voice didn't sound like his talking voice. And as a a professional musician, one thing that I usually am good at is spotting somebody's singing voice, like helping them find their singing voice and pulling out the one that sounds like them. And his, I was like, I don't know how his vocal cords make these tones. 
Jones. Right. Well, and it, yeah, he, he actually reminded me a lot of Joe Diffie. Okay. In some, who actually passed away today from complications from coronavirus. So. Oh no. Yeah. And I liked him a lot. He was, he was a big part of my childhood. Like <laughs> Joe Diffie, not Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but that, it was really an interesting thing. Cause I was like, man, he, that like, that singing reminded me a lot of Joe Giffey. Right. Um, so, throughout the show, we see an interview with um, this man that I kind of want to talk about while he's fresh on my mind. Doc Antle. Uh-huh. And, the cult leader. Yes. But here's the thing. Aren't they all kind of cult leaders in their own right? Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> did you have you seen the meme that said um nobody not a single person no one in the world and it says carol baskin hey all you cats and kittens this is <laughs> <laughs> yes but like so, i've seen i just assume i've seen, seen all, all of the them <laughs> yes so she has her own cult-like following on the internet Joe has his ragtag collection of people who needed a second chance that were willing. A lot of men. Uh huh. Um. Like for real, like they actually. I'm not like saying. I'm not like calling them out for whatever. Like they. They talk about it in the documentary that they did a lot of meth. Yeah. Yes. Um. But so. It just made me think just how egocentric and Sarah's word was and I mean it's not like she made this word up but I can't take credit for thinking it first was uh, megalomaniacal like they really had to put on a show and had to prove that they were these larger than life type characters in all of them and somehow through all of it the redeeming person in this whole show that was, you know, one of the, like, big cat owners was the um, guy who'd been to prison for, like, murdering a federal officer. On his property. Yes. <laughs> that, was the, that was the hero. <laughs> God. Well, and here's the sad thing, and I, I think it kind of went all around. They only showed, really, and they show it in the last episode about, like, Joe Exotic, like, through the years where he, at first he was like really into rescuing and rehabilitating these cats. And then the money gets to you and then you start to breed them and then you start to sell them. And it's just really sad because there's all these animals that actually need help and need people to care for them. Exactly. And it made me so sad. Okay. And I'm sorry, like Carol Baskin is not this person that's like just, you know, caring for these cats and not making money. I think they, I think she says in like episode two, they charge like $700. Yeah. To spend the day. Yeah. That's what I couldn't figure out either. That's what it sounded like she said, but I think that was for a big event. I think, I don't know. Cause she was like the lines around the block. We charge like six fifty to 700 for each person. And I was like, the fuck? Yeah. I wouldn't pay $700 to go there. No. 
I almost don't want to pay $700 to go to Disney World. And that is a $700 experience. It is. Um, okay, so where do you stand? Would you own a tiger if you had the opportunity? No. Okay. Would you? I don't think I would, but I did always dream of being a zookeeper when I was younger. Like, I wanted to work with big cats in the worst kind of way. I actually don't like, okay. Lions and tigers are beautiful, and panthers and all, all that are beautiful creatures, but owning one would terrify the hell out of me. That's fair. Like, I'm already not a cat person. I want to see it. And I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather, like, go on a safari and see it in the wild or go on a trip and, like, see one in the wild than I would in the zoo. Right. Um, But I want to see it, and then I want to go home where there are no big cats in my house waiting to eat me when I piss it off inevitably. That's fair. And I know there are (laughs) lots of people who are completely anti-zoo, and I totally get that. Um But one of the things that I mentioned earlier is that I feel very strongly there should not be private zoos. I think that zoos exist for research and for rehabilitation and Mm -hmm. for preservation. Um, And so that is why I cannot get behind private zoos, but also why I'm okay with a public research-based zoo where the zookeepers are there to help either make an animal comfortable until it dies because of whatever reason it won't thrive in the wild or, you know, or, um, well, and there, there are animals that are so used to being around people that they would have to be taken care of because if they put them back in the wild, they would immediately be killed. Absolutely. So, um, and also, you know, if you bring in like other animals, like, elephants and rhinos and stuff those those animals are actively hunted for their tusks and so we don't want that either right um so the um god i just i just kind of want to talk about everything all at once which means that i can't get words (laughs) out i know so all right okay so let's go to episode three okay what was episode three let me. Carol's husband, first husband. Yes. I need both my hands. Disappeared. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I don't think he disappeared. I think he went to Costa Rica. Yep. There's lots of air quotes I going on Costa here. Costa Rica is like a small place, so I'm pretty sure they could find him. Right. Well, and she. Some of the things that I picked up on, A, are very dead eyes. Very dead eyes. shark eyes, eyes for sure. (laughs) Um, but she, um, she actually has spoken out about this series. She says it's salacious and sensational. And she stated the filmmakers lied about the nature of this series. Apparently, she says, they approached her about um, how they were making the big cat version of Blackfish. Right. Um, all I have to say to that is what I say to all the Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants that later come out and be like, it was so edited, blah, 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 blah. Read your contract. Uh-huh. 
Breach contract. Yep. Because I guarantee you, she sued She sued a lot of people. She ain't got the money to go up against Netflix. Nope. Um, and so, I guarantee you, too, it's all in her contract. Did you know that Kate McKinnon has been cast to play her in an upcoming scripted series? Look at my face. Did I know that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> am I fucking psyched about it? Right? Yes, I am. Also, why didn't either of us pick her? Because she does the crazy eyes really she well. Is like, like Kate McKinnon is too pretty. Is... No, <laughs> she's just she's so to me like unreachable. Like she's like I don't know. If I was ever making a movie and somebody was like, "Oh, we should cast Kate McKinnon," I'd be like, "Yeah, right. That's funny," and then like move along with my day. <laughs> That's because fair. I like I couldn't get Kate McKinnon in a million years. That's she's fair. way outside my my league. <laughs> but I just think that's a perfect casting. Anyway, so oh, that's a great casting. As you mentioned, her husband disappeared, ran away. All the air quotes to Costa Rica, and he did. He real did. He real did. And Joe Exotic's platform is that she killed him and fed him to her cats. By that, mm-hmm. I mean her tigers, not yes. not Muffy and <laughs> Mittens living in the, in the house using the litter box. However, his, his platform is solid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His methodology is very skewed. <laughs> you know... I don't think she... I don't think she ran him through a meat grinder. You don't need to run him through a meat grinder. Right? And as she says, like, with one eyebrow raised later in the series, well, you can't attract cats with cologne. You have to um, um, cover Put them something in, in sardine, sardine oil. oil. Mm-hmm. Yes. She sounds like she has experience with that. And all she had to do is dip him in sardine oil. And I guarantee you, those if a pig can destroy a human corpse in eight minutes, a tiger can do some real damage, I would reckon. Now, let me use this moment to say that anything we are saying is conjecture or based in the documentary. We do not know Alleg- anything to be fact outside of what was stated in this documentary. I'm just saying it's possible. It's very plausible. Um, and I'm saying as far as... Tigers eating humans versus pigs eating humans, any humans, no matter where they come from. I'm assuming that if a pig could eat a human in eight minutes, a tiger can do it in less. Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) And whenever I first learned about this case, I remember reading and thinking, oh, oh, he he got eight. Like, that's the only plausible thing I ever (laughs) came to. Um, So... She, he, he was independently wealthy mm-hmm. and, um, some of the things that were mentioned in the documentary that make it a little suspect are that, um, right after he disappeared, she went into his office and took the will and the power of attorney and mm-hmm. a, a will and power of attorney was produced that then said, in the case of my disappearance, not upon my yeah. death. Right. Um, which is a very strange wording considering he disappeared two days before. 
it's none of my business. Right. <laughs> um, and I think it's very telling that his daughters also suspect that it was foul play on the part of Carol Gaskin, his daughter. Carol Baskin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his daughter and his ex-wife. So. And that they were left with nothing but... They had, yeah, and that's the thing. Here's my other issue. There's no way in hell I would ever change my will and just cut my son out of it completely. Oh, so I need to shred the one you have on file here? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you were drunk. It was talking. a bad day. I get it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I totally sign that (laughs) yeah hey i just can't and so just jumping from nutball thing to nutball thing Uh uh-huh there's also a zookeeper who has their arm bitten off Uh. and i say their arm because i read an article that Staff actually goes by he, him. Okay. And identifies as male. So I like, I wanted to say them before I explained that. And so now like, I'll just refer to him as him because. See, and I had assumed the gender of male, Mm -hmm. even though the documentary said female. Right. And so there I go, assuming gender too, but. Dare you. (laughs) So first of all, Staff took like 100% responsibility for this. He said he stuck his arm in the cage when he should have been using like one of the poles that they use to feed the tigers and the tiger bit his arm off and then like pushed it back through the cage because like he knew that it wasn't like his food. Right. Like he, and so um, staff said like, Saf was the reason that they did not put the tiger down. Um, he is, he was left alive, like to, you know, do his thing. And then Saf went to the hospital and they're like, Oh, you're gonna have to do all these reconstructive surgeries and all these like therapies and stuff. And, you know, let's, it'll remember. be several years before if yeah. you, and let's remember he gets paid like a hundred dollars a week to work at this place. Which I don't know how that's legal. but To okay. live in really shitty conditions. Yeah. And so he was like, no, like, just amputate my arm. And he went back to work five days later. That's the other hero of this of this documentary. Saf Look, and the drug and lord. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just thought it found it interesting that in all the hubbub that surrounds this incident... Joe had time to go put on his EMS his jacket. EMS jacket. <laughs> With his acid wash jeans. Uh-huh. And is that the one where he's standing in the thing and he's like, I will never financially recover from this. Yes. I'm like, dude, this is literally not about you. It's right? just not about you right now. <laughs> uh, in fact, there was a meme that said... <laughs> Joe Exotic putting on his EMS jacket to, to go rescue Saf's arm is the biggest flex of 2020. Really? 
my gosh. This documentary was wild. What else? What uh, else? So we mentioned Doc Antle, um, and we mentioned his cult. Oh. Um, yeah. I found his the... cult of women who wear nothing print clothing. Oh, yeah, that. Um, mm. I, <laughs> I found the interview with the... Um, the woman who had escaped, very interesting on so many levels. Not just yeah, not just for insight into him and his creeptastic operation, but she yeah. said something really profound. That she said, you know, any cult is free to leave, and then she talked about you just have to be willing to like survive the alienation of the leaving. And that was such a profound, or maybe I read between what she was saying, but it was such a profound thing to say. She said, like, any cult is free to leave. And and we're both kind of fascinated by cults in a way that, you know, we always look at how people are stuck and how it feels so easy to be stuck that it's interesting for her to have, like, found that step out. Be like, it's hard, but everyone is free to leave. I just, I, I don't know. I found her to be so fascinating. It reminds me in a way of like the cycle of abuse. Uh huh. Exactly. Where, yeah, you're free to leave, but you're like, oh, it's going to be bad for a minute and then it's going to get better and it'll be good for a while and then it'll be bad for a little bit again. Um, and also, I mean, just how hard it is to walk away from that situation because that person isolates you from everyone that you know and care about and they they become your entire life and that is how cults work as well yes um but then she also gave a lot of insight on like a the just the very typical cult like behavior that that Antle refuses to recognize like you know she was like oh yeah that's none of their real names you know, this was this girl's right. name, this was this girl's name, and I legally had my name changed to the name that he told me I had, you know, for a long time. Um, and then she also said that she didn't remember agreeing to getting breast implants. Breast implants. Dude. But then she said, but I wasn't mad about it because I got three days to not work to recover. And I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? So she went on to explain that his MO was to find young girls who were virgins or as close to virgins as possible. And Mm -hmm. what she described was the animalistic instinct of imprinting. Yeah. You know, like, like, and, and I guess in a documentary about tigers, this is appropriate, but he he made a den for himself and imprinted on all these women who um, were looking for something different for whatever reason it was. You know, it was either to play with the tigers or to find a community or she was like, mm-hmm. you know, I do yoga and I was a vegetarian. It seemed like a great fit for me. I like cats. Like, Yeah. Well, and he's also seeking out people that he knows are quote unquote damaged. Uh-huh and need attention and then he's giving them that attention that they crave and when you have like abandonment issues and past trauma 
like the overwhelming good feelings that come from someone that finally pays attention to you is almost impossible to walk away from. Oh yeah. Just Uh, from my own experience with those two things. Yeah. Right. And so, like I said, I just found her so fascinating. And then whenever the interviewer tried to corner him into admitting what he had was a cult, he got real, real, real mad. Yeah. Real mad, which is uh, red flag number 3,768. Yes. <laughs> and like, because at the beginning I was like, oh, this one's not so bad. He's just weird. But no, 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 no. No. So during all this, Joe Zoo is going to go bankrupt, right? Right. Is that how we get Jeff? Yes, so he has spent so much money because Carol Baskin is suing him. So Right, 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 right. That's right. To mm-hmm. So Carol Baskin kind of comes after Joe. I don't think she actually comes for, for him very personally at first. I think he's the one who threw that first stone, but we'll never really know. Yeah, um, no. But because Carol Baskin is trying to get legislation passed to stop the private ownership of big cats. And to stop the breeding of big cats. Again, what are you? <laughs> she's going to stop everybody but myself. She's Everyone a but me. rescue facility. Shut up. <laughs> so, um, no. he takes it very personally. Um, because he has been breeding and selling tigers. And... Um, so he comes for her by... Look, not only has he been breeding and selling tigers, I just want to throw in once again, he's on a lot of drugs. Yeah. Um, so all this aggrandizing of what she's done to him is like a reaction to those drugs. That's fair, and I didn't think of it that way. This is why you are the level-headed one, and I'm the pretty one. <laughs> it's a tough road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so to get back at her, because she does have his, this is fair, she does have his zoos, his traveling zoo shut down. Because he's got a zoo that goes right. from, like, mall parking lot to mall parking lot, and she basically gets injunctions everywhere to shut those down. Um, well, she just calls the zoo and, like, bad melts him. Until they cancel. Like right. They, she's not going through any legal channels. She's kind of being shady about it. That's true. I didn't say it was a legal injunction. She's just getting the injunction she needs. Um, so she has her fans and followers call these malls and she sends emails. And um, so he kind of gets barred and loses this source of income. So he registers the name Big Cat Rescue Entertainment or Big Cat Entertainment and no big cat rescue entertainment okay it was big cat rescue entertainment that was it mm-hmm. and gets this website and does all the google adsense so that he pops up before her if you google big cat rescue and yeah. she comes after him and sues him um basically for defamation from what i gathered um I'm not sure that would stick but who am i to and say? then um and then for, like, copyright infringement, for sure, because he uses, like, their exact font, and he mm-hmm. he mimics as much as he can. So, um, 
when I was in high school, that's my, more oh, trademark than copy. Copyright. That's true, trademark. Thank you. Um, when I was in high school, my mom worked for a radio station that the logo was a bull, and the Chicago Bulls actually tried to sue them, and they had to go to court. And it was found that their logo, while it was a Red Bull, was like seventy three percent different, so it didn't count. So I've yeah. found those kinds of lawsuits very interesting, but. I did too. Like in my business, one of my business classes, we did one where you know, there used to be like a tiny restaurant in like West Texas called Texas Roadhouse. Oh yeah, had been around forever, and the chain Texas Roadhouse sued them and basically drove them out of business, which really sucked. It was not. It was like the sad side of that. Yeah. But um, because he had, I mean, he had the name long before they did. He just didn't have the money to go up against their corporation. Right. And so, um, so Carol kept him tied in litigation and in this lawsuit for a long time, um, which he brought on himself, you know, like he, he did, but that's like kind of the goal with litigation attorneys is you just want to be in litigation so long that somebody gives up. Right. And so it just wound up sucking him dry. And so as a result, um, he knew that she was going to come after property and things that he owned so right that was it he calls in he calls in several people first he signs it over to john finley his first husband and then he signs it over to his mom and then he signs it over to like one of the tigers and then he signs it over to a pile of dirt that he put a pen in the hand and then when he ran out of people he found this eccentric alleged millionaire who who is a not a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, in debt for millions there. Yes, that's the one. And two, like what I imagine is like Axe body spray come to life. Yes. And <laughs> what is that those brand of t shirts that nobody wears anymore, but they were so Tom big. Hardy. Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. Yes, Tom Hardy. <laughs> but no, I'm thinking of the other I'm so one. so sorry, Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Ed Hardy. Yeah, I was thinking of, there was another big line too, but yes, they're like Ed Hardy shirts. There was the Von Deutsch caps too, the trucker hats that were so popular. Yes. Yes, but that whole, like, if you can imagine just, if you pictured the word douchebag and made it a person, um, Mm -hmm. it was, he was Jersey Shore with less character. Mm. (laughs) Okay, now that I have made my point, uh, that is Jeff Lowe. Well, also, he lives in vegas but not like regular people who live in vegas he like lives on the strip right in a mansion and he drives and he, a... like he takes his wife in these big party buses and they drive around the strip with these tiger cubs and they pick up girls who he then like has sex with and then Let's them play with the tiger cubs. And we are not here to kink shame anybody, but this just sounds really unsafe. It does. It does sound unsafe. And he's just what I would call oogie. Yes. If I met him on a bar, I'd be like, "Mm, 
I tell my friend, like, we need to go. Like, I need you to call me and say that somebody died. <laughs> yes. I Get me out of here. And I, I don't know how to say this in a way that makes sense, but he looks like an STD. <laughs> that is our that is our description in the context of a review of this series yes <laughs> none oh. of these rev- none of these words reflect the feelings of netflix absolutely <laughs> But but yeah, I see what you. Mean. <laughs> he just, I mean, really, this show is just rife with people that I would not personally be associated with. No, and and I feel like I've got a pretty good bullshit radar. Yeah, and so I could not understand the appeal of Jeff Lowe. To Joe, and I, I wonder if Joe was really just grasping at straws. That, and I really don't understand it, the appeal of him to, A, his wife. Right, okay, so, real quick, he is married and she is beautiful, and in she that last bored. episode, when they're talking about how they're pregnant and she's about to have a baby soon, and he goes, <laughs> and then you can get back in the gym. Yep. Did you see the picture with the nanny? Oh, I didn't even want to talk about the nanny. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did not see this. Yeah. Hold on. There we go. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. That's him with his wife and the nanny. Uh Uh-huh. And he made mention of why would you get a nanny who wasn't nice to look at? And I'm like... Someone who's taking care of my kid, the last thing I care about is the way they look, as long as they don't look like they never bathe. Amen. And you can tell the wife is trying so hard because she was like, well, so many of the ones we looked at um, speak multiple languages, and that'd be really good for teaching the baby. And he just goes... And he's like, I just want to fuck her. Yeah, basically. Mm. And... Yeah, well... Uh, and now I'm like stumbling over my words because I just can't. He says she gets to have a nanny, but I get to pick her. And I was just like, ew. Uh huh. That is so disrespectful to your wife who's carrying your child. Right. And I don't know this to be fact, but she did not look like she was as into that lifestyle as he is. No. And maybe she is and she whatever. Yeah. Right. And and if there really is a mutual arrangement, then fine. Good for you. But that is not the impression I got from her. And I think that is what made me the angriest. And once again, like when somebody pressures you into being in a a polyamorous or a swinging type situation, if you're not okay with it, then it's not okay. If you're fine with it, good for you. Go with God and do your thing. Like I don't care. Right. It doesn't make us one but hill of beans is if you're consenting. It's like, it's like when a guy goes out, if he says like, oh, I'm in an open relationship. Really? If I, if I called your partner, would they confirm that? Right. 
Yeah. And so speaking of polyamory, that leads us back to good old Joe Exotic, who... (laughs) So he was married once to a man who died of complications from HIV. Okay, let me go through this, because he's actually been married five times. Oh my gosh. So he was married... His first marriage was to a man named Brian Ryan that he met while he was working at a, um, as Bustle calls it, a gay cowboy bar. I'm just going to call it a bar called the Roundup Saloon. Okay. Um, they, this is where he kind of got the look of the mullet and horseshoe mustache and all that. Um, it was the 1980s and so they were together but he did pass away in 2001 from complications from HIV. Then he married um, Jeffrey Charles Hartpence. Oh, I didn't know about that Put one. JC. Um, it was a 20-something events producer. Um, their relationship was reportedly like extremely volatile. Um, Hartpence once held a gun against Joe's head during a drunken argument after which the relationship quote according to Bustle started to break down uh okay yep that's the start of it Hartpence is now serving life in prison for a murder he committed years after their relationship ended holy shit I had no idea about this one and then we get to John Finley so okay so John Finley is featured prominently in this documentary yes um and the whole time with no shirt on. He's that poor old boy that can't afford a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, however, I saw a recent picture and he has gotten dental yeah. implants or, or dentures or something. And he looks great. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was much younger. Yes. Than Joe Exotic. And as we find out later in the show... Not actually gay. Right. So he eventually left Joe to marry the secretary from the zoo who he impregnated. Uh Uh-huh. So here's my issue with this whole thing is like Joe seems to be, and this is just from watching the show and stuff that I've read, he seems to be using drugs alcohol and his tigers to lure men that are not gay into a relationship slash marriage with him Uh uh-huh and he uses flawed logic once they are high or whatever he does to get their attention um Mm -hmm. Because what was that comment he made to um, to Travis? Like, oh, it, you know, you say you're not gay, but you only like porn where the guys have big dicks. So I guess you're not as yeah, straight as you think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just very predatorial in the same way we've already discussed with Antle, but in a very different setting. It is. It's predatorial. That is the word for it. It's disturbing because... There's not a shortage of gay men in the world. 
Like there's no reason why you should. And and even if the even if they were gay, there's no reason ever why you should give somebody meth and then like basically take them hostage and keep them high so they stay with you. Right. Um. And so John Finley for a while was the manager of the zoo. He actually held it the longest in the midst of all the wacko stuff going on. Yes. Um, but then Joe Exotic, they had a, I told Sarah it was a thruple and she was like, is that a word you just made up? And I was like, I'm really embarrassed Aww. that you thought I made that word. I would That's never, so <laughs> but, um, so the other part of their thruple was this 19 year old boy named Travis Maldonado who breaks my heart over and over and over. This story is, to me, like, this is the crime story. Yes. Yes. So, one of the employees is interviewed and mentions that Travis was really only into it for the drugs, that he was having sex with the women who worked at the zoo, um, and that it was a very strained relationship. Um, and, and in the end he, okay. So I could not actually pick up on this. Was it intentional? I don't think so. Okay. So this is the story that, and I went and did some research on this just so I could be sure. Okay. So the story is he was showing that other guy. The campaign the, manager, right? The campaign manager guy that that the gun would not fire without a clip in it. So he took the clip out. Uh-huh. But there was a bullet in the chamber. In the chamber. And so when he fired the gun, he shot himself. So I just, like I said, I wasn't sure if it was intentional. I know that it was not painted to be intentional. Um, no. And you can... I don't think it was. I I really don't think it was. Um, Maybe that's just me, like, hoping that it wasn't because I just can't. Right. And be it accidental or not, um, Travis Maldonado died of this experience, like, during this experience, in front of Joe Exotic's campaign manager. And... Yes. Um, that poor campaign manager has never recovered. No. <sighs> No. Um, and, and I don't think I would. Like, even just the video in my brain, which didn't even show anything, when I, like, replay that in my head, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I counted the seconds that he remained completely still. Like, you know, because the, the, there's a timer. So the video, there they Yes, show, but he's just like. Uh-huh. So they show the video from the um, security cameras. Right. When this happened, but it so but it was turned Travis away. Was Travis like was directly underneath it, right? So the camera was facing the campaign manager, and um, the campaign manager. I wish I could remember his name, but um, when the gun goes off, he puts his hands to his face and he sits mm -hmm. there for like twenty seven seconds before he can move. 
Yeah, and I this the other reason why I don't think it was intentional because they seem to be having a conversation. Right. So unless they're just like mid conversation and this guy just like ba bam, I, I I don't know. I just don't see that. I don't I don't either, but I was also trying to pack up this art room while that was on and I stopped. Right. At, like I didn't even <laughs> want to rewind it. No. To get what I missed. So I was like, Aaron can just explain it to me. Joshua <laughs> Dial. That's the campaign manager's name. Thank you. Um, so. Um, but again, Joe Exotic takes another victim in all this. And in less than two months, he's remarried to his current husband. Um, yes. And the victim in in this situation is poor Travis's mother, who was invited to I, the. Let's talk about this funeral. Oh God! You mean the concert? Yeah, where he says, "Now keep in mind, Travis has just accidentally shot himself and died, and he's at the funeral." Saying, oh, whenever I would get sad, he would come and rub his balls on my face. Oh, those things are like golden nuggets and everyone's seen them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's not like where I come from. That's not appropriate funeral conversation. But I felt so bad for his family. Uh-huh. Especially because, as you were going to say, two months later... Homeboy gets remarried and invites the mother of Travis because at this yep. point, from what I've gathered, John Finley has already left him. Yes. And so, and now his second husband has died, mm-hmm. you know, or his second part of the thruple because I, there were the two marriages before that. Um, oh, no, no. So he, he and John actually... They dissolved the throuple, and then he and Travis were legally married, I believe. Okay, thank you. Um, so the mom shows up for the wedding, and the only people invited were the cameras that Joe likes to perform for, the flower girl, and Travis's mother, so that she is made a spectacle of, so that Joe can mm-hmm. show the world, look, Travis's mother that supports She's okay us. with it. Yeah. It was really bad. And again, there were no real heroes in this whole thing. There really aren't. This is one of the, it it was one of the more interesting Netflix documentaries I've watched because they don't choose a side. Yes. Because typically they choose a side. Stephen Avery, they chose a side, like they choose a side typically, and they did not choose a side with this one. No. They're like, here are all these nutbags. Have fun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they just, it was like Yahtzee. They just shook them up and poured them out. And they were like, here's what you got. <laughs> yeah. And so speaking of Yahtzee, shaking them up and pouring them out. Why don't we talk about the whole reason this documentary was supposedly made? Do you tell me? So after all this happens, Joe is down on the money again i guess so he sells to a new guy who's inconsequential i don't remember him um 
and then apparently hires one of Jeff's people to murder Carol Baskin. Well, so that's why he Jeff was still in ownership of the zoo. Jeff sent this guy to manage things, and Joe was like the face of it all. And right. so his friend, the one that... Which is actually how I think this whole murder plot went down. Really? That So my theory is that Jeff was the manager of it all, but Joe was the face, and that's why he's in jail. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, Joe takes this guy that he claims to have never liked, he never trusted... Mm-hmm. Um, and he offers him, according to the guy's testimony, $5,000 up front and then like 5000 when he gets back to, right. to go and to Florida and kill Carol Baskin. Right. Why at this point, the only thing I can imagine is because now Joe has lost his zoo and as, um, all of his employees have now stated Jeff Lowe, they feel like stole the zoo from Joe. Right. And so... But here's what I don't understand. Why would he then hire one of Jeff Lowe's people to carry out this crime? That's what I can't understand either. And, like, yes, he is methed out for much of his life as his employees have... uh, So stated. Stated, Mm -hmm. thank you. But throughout all that, he was not quite that stupid. Yeah, this is why this is why I've come to the conclusion that this was the Jeff Lowe show, and he just he made Joe the fall guy. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, exactly. This is my theory. Right. That's my theory. Um, is that they they came up with this, and they're like, "Well, great. So then, if we have Joe out of the way, he won't. He'll stop bothering us with the zoo. He'll be out of our hair." And, you know, maybe Carol Baskin will die. Maybe not. Right. I, I in fact, don't think he even cared one way or the other about Carol Baskin. Like, if your theory is correct, um, and it very well could be, I think that mostly he knew that that was going to be the fuel to Joe Exotic's fire. See, yeah. And to me, it solves, a, like, this whole plot slash theory whatever solves a lot of jeff's problems and not actually a lot of joe's problems right so the idea that and also he really hates carol so why wouldn't he just kill her himself right have the satisfaction yeah you've got a point there and you know i just i know that that he the only thing I can imagine is that he is placing the blame of everything falling apart in his life on Carol, which is a very real thing that happens when people yeah. are spiraling. Right. So there is that possibility, at least. There is, but I just, I still just, it doesn't add up. The whole story does not add up to me at all. Something is missing, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. So then we get to... Arguably, the best part of this documentary. Okay. For me. In the midst of all this, Joe decides... Yes. ...to run for the presidency of the United States. 
and against Donald J. Trump. And surprisingly, he somehow didn't do very well. He didn't. So then, okay. So the president, whatever, it's fine. But then he runs for governor of Oklahoma for this great state of Oklahoma. Where A, they catch him on tape, one of his tires almost eats him. Uh-huh. He's like, and that's when we get the, the famous sardine oil raised eyebrow comment from Carol Baskin. Um, so he almost gets eaten by one of his tires, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because I know in the back of my mind, this guy is alive and well. He's not right. going to get eaten. Right. But he is screaming... <laughs> He's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so funny. But, and I love that his. He's like in- kicking at this tiger and yelling at him. And he's got a gun in his hand. So you must know that he was not, like, he didn't find himself to be in any imminent danger. Right. Because he didn't shoot the, the tiger. No, he shot around them to make them drop. He and- shot around them. And then he was just, but he was just kicking and screaming <laughs> Oh, it was. I mean, yes. And then he says they put perfume on my shoe. And listen, I'm not a tiger expert, and I don't think that that would make a tiger come after me. I've never seen a tiger just go balls to the wall across the field because they saw a flower, like, (laughs) (laughs) or like this is that Ferdinand the Bull kind of tiger. (laughs) (laughs) That tiger's just like fuck. Is that Chanel number five? (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> he's a very he has a very discerning palate <laughs> oh, and probably the most shocking out of the entire episode was when he got 20 percent yes of the votes yes Oklahoma. what the hell Are is okay this is our check-in. I know you have all those OU nutbags up there, but are y'all okay? <laughs> that was concerning. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm just reading this, sorry. Um, in 2018, he ran for governor of Oklahoma as Joe Exotic. He received 664 votes finishing third out of the three candidates in the Libertarian primary. So he only got that in the Libertarian primary. Still. Right. I'm concerned. And as his, um, his campaign manager points out, he didn't even know what the fuck a Libertarian was. Not a single (laughs) person. He's Not like, even a little bit. I still wonder if we could go back now and ask him, like, what's a libertarian, if he would know. Well, they're like a Republican, but I, they want you to leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> that is very much not like a Republican. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's what it seems like he really, like, that was his platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, then, this whole murder plot... Right, comes to mind. Uh-huh. And... Comes to light, comes to mind. Right. Comes to light. He's arrested. 
And now he's in jail. Now he's in jail. And um, so they get a guy on the inside. And this is like, this is how the feds work. And I always find mm-hmm. the inside work very interesting. But, um, you know, so the um, Jeff Lowe brings in a partner, something, something Garretson, the guy with the hair and the jet ski um oh god we haven't explained that yet right, so this guy jeff Lowe, brought in initially in the zoo he opened a pizza joint in the zoo like he put up the money to open this pizza joint oh there my is, god the pizza joint with the expired- well, leftover meat yes <laughs> so he feeds his tigers with Spoiled meat from Walmart that you, I guess, can go buy by the truckload. I don't know. I've never, no, I've never had the occasion to go by my local Walmart and ask if I could buy a truckload truckload of of spoiled meat. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he feeds his tigers, which, I mean, I guess it's fine. They're not going to. Right, because it's it's not expired or spoiled necessarily. It's past the sell-by date. Right. But then they start this pizza bar where they take like the leftover food from the poor tigers who just want to eat and they make pizza with it and then sell it to people. I don't, I don't see where this could possibly go wrong. And the, I mean, I just want to remind you that this whole pandemic that we're currently in the middle of started when someone ate a bat well i mean if you want to be nitpicky sure well i'm just saying the worst things you shouldn't okay the worst part is is uh the the employee with no legs is that rinky the one with the uh with the prosthetics he's like that's the best day on pizza i ever ate and i'm like It doesn't even look good when they show it. Like No. Not even a little bit. Not even if I was starving. So um So they send this guy in. <laughs> yeah, so they bring in this guy because he's gonna be a business business part business <laughs> a business partner with, with Jeff. Well, and... by the way, I have to wash my leggings later because I'm a very important business lady and I have to be ready for Um, so he and Jeff are going to start this new business venture where they're relocating the zoo from wherever it currently is to right behind the, um, Windstar, um, casino in Oklahoma so they can get all the business from Texas. I mean, this way he doesn't have to drive the party bus like all around. Right, right. Exactly. He can just. Yeah, he can drive by in a little golf cart and be like, "You wanna, you wanna hold a tiger? Come back to my right, my uh, tiger zoo. This is totally normal." So, how many drinks have you had? <laughs> so Jeff um, starts to start the building, and he does not put Garretson's name on it at all. And Garretson nope. gets pissed, and he's ready to walk. Well, that's yeah. when Wildlife and Fisheries comes in. And is like, or the USDA comes in and they're like, hey, we know that you have a lemur that's illegal and we're willing to not throw your ass in jail if you will help us take down a few people. A one person. Okay, no. 
No, no. Okay, what no. did I miss? You didn't miss anything. I'm oh. just about to go on a rampage. Oh, okay, let's go. What those people should have done is taken the lemur and then left. <laughs> you take the lemur and then you go. That's You rescue the lemur and then you go. That Where's the lemur? Option. I just need to, I need to know. Right? Is he okay? So. Five, help me. Garretson agrees so that he doesn't get in more trouble. Um, I'm dumb, dummy. And I swear to you, the people they have working on these, like the game warden and, I, and whatever is work like whatever law enforcement office is working on it. Y'all need to get your shit together. Yeah. I feel like there are too many hands in this pie. There's so many cooks in the kitchen. The right hand is not talking to the left hand. There's so much going on. I mean, literally, I just watched a seven-episode documentary about it, and I'm still like, I don't understand how this has happened. Exactly. Someone dropped the ball, so we need someone to go back and pick it up and bring this on home. Right. (laughs) So they say that if Garretson can get them information about... Jeff Lowe or Joe, like, things will get better for him. And that's when the murder for hire plot comes out. So. Convenient, me thinks. Yes. So all of a sudden they find out. Because who's the one that has a little bit more money than the other one? Right. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Um, now, are you talking about me and you? Because it's an equal tie. We're both <laughs> multi-billionaires. With infinity pools. I'm not a multi-billionaire. Oh. And my apartment pool is closed. And I still want to go and be like, you need to lower my rent because I don't get to use my amenities. Right? Um, so in any case, um, while he is trying to suss things out, he finds out that Joe paid um, the handyman $3,000 to go kill Carol because it was originally five thousand, but he could only sell enough tigers for three thousand. Yeah, this makes no sense. Right, and so the money allegedly came from him selling tigers, but in Joe Exotic's story, it's from the money he raised at Thanksgiving dinner at the zoo. Right, and what I'm really concerned about is he can only come up with three thousand dollars, but per a meme that I saw earlier today. The $1,200 stimulus is not going to help us because tiger cubs rub run between two and $4,000 a piece. <laughs> so I need to know where the rest of that money went. <laughs> yes. I'm investigating this case one meme at a time. <laughs> so, um... Joe Exotic says that this $3,000 was for that guy to go buy a suit as per Jeff Lowe's word, which is also a thing that doesn't make sense. I mean, that's a pretty nice suit. Okay. It's like a custom tailored. This is a Jose Bank custom tailored suit. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, Why do you need a suit to be a handyman at a zoo? For the interviews. <laughs> so, so the so the animals know that you mean business? Like 
Well, poor what's his name can't afford a shirt. We have to have the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> the guy in a fully tailored suit. <laughs> so, oh man. Um, also, I just want to point out that they later interview one of these guys in a bathtub. Yes. It's the one who did a lot of coke, I think. Um. There's too many characters. I don't know what's happening. In right. So Carol Baskin gets a call from the feds that there's been a hit put out on her. And she's like, you fucking think? Like, it's about time you figure this out. Well, I'm not here for your drama, Carol. <laughs> I'm the fuck down. Okay. And so I'm like, I wonder if when they first heard that, if she was like, is it somebody who knows about my husband? Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Is it someone who might allegedly think that I allegedly caused my husband's alleged disappearance? Allegedly. allegedly? <laughs> so, um, Joe finally gets arrested and he gets charged with initially murder for hire. But then the feds do some digging in the zoo and find the remains of tigers and so they charge him with animal abuse. Here's my thing is that zoo's been going for a long time. Tigers die. Tigers because, die. But what you brought me back to is the idea that I think they were trying to say Doc Antle was responsible for, which is that he takes these tiger cubs out and lets and everyone euthanizes them after them. they're too old to be cubs. And then euthanizes them once they're too old to be like entertainment. Right. Because in case you didn't know, loyal listeners, tigers eat a fuck ton of food. Carol Baskin says she, it's like three quarters of a million dollars for her to feed her cats every year. I wonder how much a human body would bring that number down. I think that's just like one day. Okay. Allegedly. I'm just wondering. Right. We're just wondering now. This is pondering. Allegedly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So this, what we are here saying and not saying is this docuseries was a fucking wild ride. And I am so glad that we did it. We're not even done. I know. But we're at an hour and a half. So I don't care. We got to wrap this up pretty quickly. Joe goes on trial. He's found guilty in like an hour and a half. Yeah. (laughs) They were just there long enough for the free pizza. I'm like, you people listen to this fucking nonsense and figured it out in an hour and a half. (laughs) Right. Put those people on this COVID-19 bullshit. It was was a whole panel of only Harvard professors. They're like, I totally followed this whole story. You know, there's that one poor guy who's on the jury that's like, so Carol Baskin was his wife? Like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh, after he's found guilty, he does the only thing you can imagine and starts working with PETA to give up the names of all the people he knows who own exotic pets to take them down with him. Look, I 100% support this. Oh, I do, too. Because... 
I'm a vengeful bitch. I'm a vindictive person. But <laughs> this was funny to me. I thought it was hilarious. He actually succeeds in getting people uh-huh. taken down. And like the poor, what I loved was the PETA representative who was like, sometimes people have a change of heart. And I'm like, no, no bitch. baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what happened here. Sometimes people do have a change of heart. That's not what's going on here. <laughs> right. So Doc Antle is apparently currently under investigation. And his cult. I um I can't wait to see what comes from all of this, but this has been such a bizarro experience. It has. And so what I'm hoping for is a season two <laughs> where body moving and John Green from Don't Fuck With Cats. Yes. Find Carol's husband. Right? Husband. I would watch a show about them just cyber stalking people every day for the rest 100%. of my life. 100%. So would I. Like, here's what I want. I want the opposite of The Bachelor and Bachelorette starring these two. Where... All these women or men come and present themselves as the people they are, and they have a whole season to figure out all of their secrets just by <laughs> Facebook stalking them. That would be amazing. That would be the best show. I would love it. So speaking of Don't Fuck With Cats, because we watched that together a couple weeks ago. We did. Now we've watched this, and I yes. saw today an advertisement on Hulu for the documentary... About the guy who thinks he's the son of the Zodiac Killer? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can't wait to watch that. I know. We might have to do that for a Patreon. Yes. Yeah. So next week, I think we're going to get back to Lifetime movies. But I don't want to be super serious. Okay. So I went in and found the most ridiculous title that I could find. Tell me about it. It's called Restless Virgins. Um, okay, so just me in high school? <laughs> it's about a bunch of preppy, rich boarding school kids who all make a pact to lose their virginity. And it's based on a true story, and I can't is, wait to watch it. Is the true story prom night in American Pie? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I'll read you the... Okay, I'll read you, like, the official description. Yes, I cannot wait. Da-da-da, nobody cares about who's acting in this movie. Um, oh, no, that's the hazing secret. I don't know what that is. That's not a description of this movie. Hold on. IMDb, you've let me down once again. Get your shit together, IMDb. For real. Definitely not me. Just IMDb. Right. No. You're a businesswoman. You're in leggings. Yeah. (laughs) I swear, like, the first day I show up back in my office, I'm going to be like, what do you mean these leggings are not business professional? (laughs) I've conducted a lot of meetings in these leggings in the last... Month right? and a half. Okay, so anytime I have to appear on video for anything during this time, 
I'm no, it's business in the. It's like a. It's like a mullet. It's, like a mullet. it's business <laughs> on top and pajamas in the bottom. Exactly. I got you. Okay, these are not loading fast enough. Hold on, bear with me. Stupid thing. It. it oh, okay, so the Hollywood Reporter calls it a teen morality tale that gets lost along the way. <laughs> gonna be so good i'm, I'm so, so pumped that it reminds me a lot of that thora birch movie the pregnancy pact yes um okay restless virgins is based very loosely on the milton academy sex scandal of 2005 in which the Boston area prep school was dragged into the limelight after it was discovered that some of their students were involved in behavior that culminated in a sexual act involving an underage girl and older members of the school hockey team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So sev several years later, it was turned into a bestseller by some Milton graduates. Um, and it's the, it's their consideration of the events that Andy Cochran then adapted for a Lifetime movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be good. It's going to be kind of, it's teenagers. It doesn't sound like a murder. Yes. So I'm happy with that. And it's, it's like old salacious Lifetime. Like 2005 mm -hmm. was the height of their salacious yeah, Lifetime. Yeah, it's like their salacious, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, everything about boarding school, especially like a boy-girl boarding school, just screams like, there's probably sex happening here when probably there's definitely not. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you for sharing this evening with me. Yeah. And um, thank you, loyal listeners, for hanging out with us while we mm -hmm. go a little off, off uh, program here. Look, this was really fun. I really needed this. Absolutely. I'm just kind of in a bad place with all this stuff going on. Well, hopefully we find enough to get through this. Um, and hopefully you remember to eat your... No, hopefully you remember to look us up on Instagram. Uh-huh. At Lifetime at Sentence. At Lifetime Sentence. Mm-hmm. And on... Or on... I'll let you do it. You're Twitter, better than me. Twitter at Pod. You can email us at LifetimeSentencePodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can go see show notes and everything on our website at lifetimesentence.com. And please go find us on our Patreon um, at patreon.com slash lifetimesentence. Wow. I'm doing um, the show The Windsors right now. And then Paul is doing some cool like mysteries he told us one tonight that was really really good and we are going to possibly probably set up a, a netflix watch party with our um with okay. our patrons and we are all going to get together and watch a documentary or a movie or something yes and it'll be patreon exclusive so that is going to be really fun i'm very excited yes so if you would like that uh join our patreon we'll be posting more details in the next week and yes. we are so excited to hang out with y'all. Yes, when, uh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to hang out with all of you. I figure in this time of social distancing, there is no social distancing like getting to hang out with all of our patrons at one time. 
It is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then until next time, please don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.